This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits the right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the end Click, click, boom. What's going on, faithfuls? It's your boys, Mike and Eric. We are back to bring you guys another fun-filled episode over here at the Nothing But Niners show, man. Guys, we got a special, special show for you guys. When to come on here. I'm going to challenge Eric. I'm going to make him put his foot in the ground, make some tough decisions. But before we do any of that stuff, I got to run through these formalities really quick. We're going to be brief here, I promise you guys. All right? If this is your first time here on the YouTube page and you enjoy the show, please do us a favor and subscribe. Hit the like button and turn on your notifications so you know exactly where we're going live. Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Those handles are nothing but nine ERS. That is the number nine, nothing but nine ERS. We have Facebook and Twitch as well. Those handles are nothing but Niners, spelled all the way out, no number in there. Okay, so N I N E R S. And then we have the Patreon guys, where I've been bringing you guys the real all off season, the behind the scenes stuff, and all the inner workings of the Nothing But Niners channel. Man, Patreon.com/slash NB9. E-R-S. Eric, I'm going to open up the floor to you, man. Go ahead and let people know where to find you. We are simul-streening. We are doing this all at the same time, a little simulcast here. So let people know what channel uh, you're on and let them know where to find you, just in case they're not subscribed over there already. Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is my first time doing the kind of simulcast type thing. So, uh, you know, streaming on your platform, streaming on mine. You guys can follow, find me on YouTube. Uh, just type in Eric Crocker, I think, and it should pop up. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. And uh, listen to Locked On 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock, come at you five days a week. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. So we can all, I could tell who is in here from your chat versus who's in here from ours. I see some guys in here. Uh, Chris Carr is in there. Brian J. Uh, Rothesis is in there. Those are all guys from your chat I see in there. Uh, and then shout out to the regulars over here. Nothing but Niners, man. Aaron, Spaz, Callie, Miss Debbie is in the building. I see y'all over there. All right. Uh, DeMarcus, great one. I see all of y'all, man. Let's go, man. We got a fun-filled show for you guys today, man. I want to start light. I don't want to come in here and be rude. I don't want to be uh, belligerent or anything like that. So let me let me calm down a little bit. We always like to start our shows uh, with the latest 49ers uh, rumors and updates. But before we do, I always, always ask people, how are you doing? Eric Crocker, man, you know, one of the things that I appreciated when you first started your channel was that you would come in here and say, guys, put the flames in there. You had a scale of one to five, you know, to let people know how you're doing. And you said anything less than a five, we got to talk, man. So I appreciate that about you, man. How are you doing, though, man? If you had to rate yourself right now, 
what would you be right now? Oh man, I'm on I'm on 10, man. I'm always good. Uh it, it's hard to find a time where I'm not good. You know, I I'm extremely blessed. I have a lot of really good things, you know, going on. And uh, you know, I come from humble beginnings. So, you know, all those things with you know, for a living, I talk about the 49ers and, and trained athletes. I don't think it gets any better than that. One of my guys, man, he was out here uh, with me for a week. Uh, training and he, you know, he signed with the Baltimore Ravens after the draft. So uh, that was exciting as well. You know, I, I see, I see you talking about a lot of players, putting a lot of guys on some local talent and everything, man, giving some love, you know, uh, just yesterday I was out at the, in Trenton, you guys know, that's where we uh, drafted. We traded up 12 spots to get Jair Brown. I was out there at Trenton. Uh, they they kind of gave him a, a little special day out there, you know, at the, at the local high school, he is the highest drafted, player from Trenton High School, uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. Not the highest drafted player from Trenton, but the highest drafted player from Trenton High, all right? Uh, so the highest I thought drafted that was, player from Trenton? It, uh, Vincent, uh, Troy Vincent. Okay. Troy, Troy Vincent. Now, he lived he lived and was from Trenton, but his mom moved him across the bridge to go to school out here where I live. So he uh, went to the Pensbury School District in high school and everything. That's where he graduated from. But they were from Trenton. So she did a little commute across the bridge, you know, to, to get him into the, the better school district. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, but Jair Brown, man, the highest drafted player in the NFL uh, in history for Trenton, New Jersey. So I thought that was pretty dope. Um, you know, we, we got a couple of things to get into, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing well. E, I, I appreciate and see all the work that you're doing over there. Uh, Y'all are rocking, man. You, you're doing your thing. And, and again, I just appreciate it. So keep it up, man. Keep up the good work. It's always good to see brothers out there grinding and, and seeing it pay off, man. You know, um, let's talk about the latest with the 49ers news and rumors, man. The 49ers went out and they signed a couple of guys. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have talked about this or not yet, uh, but they went out and they signed three different players. Um, first, I want to talk about the tight end Troy Fumagalli. Eric, why? Is this guy back with the 49ers? Now, this is not slack. I'm not I'm not throwing a shot at him. If you had to try to come up with a reason why, because this is someone that they brought back in, they had previously, and they have to make room on the roster to bring him in. This isn't like one of the guys where, oh, we had, you know, we were down to 87. We got to bring him in. All three of these guys, uh, the Niners had to make room on the roster. So uh, what what was your look at this? I saw you tweet something about this as well, the, the business yeah. of the NFL. So I want to get your thoughts on it. You know, my, my thoughts just went straight to the guys that have to get released. And, you know, I, I know what that feels like. You know, being there, you're a bottom of the roster guy. And sometimes they just make moves and it's just not in your favor. You know, when I got released by the New York Jets, you were thinking, oh, you just can't play football. You're not good. It's like, no, nah, man, like Chris Ivory – uh, had a sprained ankle. Brian Winters had a high ankle sprain. Uh, uh, and uh, McKnight uh, uh, from USC, Joe McKnight, RIP Joe McKnight, had a concussion. So it's like, hey, we just got to make room for somebody else. So you just get released, you know, and and uh, that's the business side of, of football. But seeing something like that happen so fast and, and into the, you know, the offseason, there are a couple guys that just may never have an opportunity to play football at this level again. And that's tough, man. It's a harsh reality with it, but uh, it's it's just cutthroat. It's just the way it is. So that was where my mind went first. I kind of felt bad for the guys that are getting released for 
uh, Fumagalli and uh, the other guys that the 49ers brought in. Yeah, you know, like the guys at the bottom thinking, man, I got my chance. I'm going to get in the camp. Yeah. I'm showing what's up. I'm showing what I got. Like, even if I don't make it here, like, somebody going to see me in preseason. And then it's like, hey, man, you got to go home, bro. You got to go home. Man, I saw – I had buddies. I remember we reported for training camp, right? We were out there for, like, maybe a week before we were actually leaving for training camp. And then we're getting on the bus. And one of my, my guys, I remember thinking, like, oh, bro, like, we're, you know, we got, it's time to go. We, we're heading over to, to Cortland University. And he was like, man, they just let me go. I'm like, what? Yeah. I, and it just, it just happens. It just happens. They, now, they bring in guys to try out or work out every, it's like every Tuesday. There's new guys coming in. So you're always kind of looking over your shoulder like, eh, it's, it's going to be my day. You know, you just never know uh, what they're, kind of what they're thinking. But it's tough, man. The NFL is cutthroat. Real, real quick, I'll say this, then this will be the end of it. But uh, the, the guy, Destroyer, he's a big streamer. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he does all the, like, the one-on-ones and, you know, all that type of stuff. He was a kicker, though, at UCF. And okay. he got faced because back then, you know, they didn't have – and I say back then, or, you know, a few years ago, they didn't have the whole NIL stuff going on. So – you couldn't really be making money off of YouTube and getting sponsors and deals and things like that at that time. And right. he had to make a decision. Do I want to chase a dream potentially playing in the NFL or, you know, and, and, and go through college and be a kicker or pursue this streaming stuff because it's starting to take off. So he chose streaming. And now he gets asked, like, hey, man, like, you know, do you wish you would have tried for the NFL? And he's like, man, as much money as I make now, it kind of would have been a pay cut. And there were a lot of people like, oh, he's just after the money. Like, what about the you know, the love of the sport and playing football. And it's like, the, the, the sport don't love you. You know, the right. moment they can get rid of you, they're they going to, they you know, do away with you. So I'm yeah. like, man, you know, he made the right decision, but it's a it's a cutthroat business. And in the blink of an eye, you can be gone. It happens, man. It's tough. It's it's a bad, it's bad, man. That's, you know, that's business, not just the NFL, man. You know, the company I work for was recently acquired uh, last Monday. And they talk about merging businesses and merging offices and all that stuff. We were bought out by the second biggest uh, uh, respiratory supplier in the country. And they have, you know, like 600 offices. They're going to start merging. And I know what I do and how much I make. They go, they looking to get rid of me. I know it. Like, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like, damn, man. All right. What do I do? Do I sit here and try to prove my worth? Or am I just going to get that call one day? Like one of these guys, you know, walk, like you said, walking to the bus and they go, hey, Mike, uh, can you step in the office real quick? I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> and bring your uh, bring your vehicle keys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other thing, right? You know, I got to turn the company car and phone, and oh, oh man, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. But you know, it is what it is, man. Um, in addition to Troy Fumagalli, though, the tight end coming in here, they signed defensive lineman Marlon Davidson. Now, I don't know much about him, but wasn't this guy like a second round pick or something like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about him either. No. Uh, let me see. Let me see if there's a write up on him on here anywhere. Davidson, it says six three three zero three was originally drafted. Yeah, yeah, okay, originally drafted in the second round, forty seventh overall in of the twenty twenty draft by the Atlanta Falcons. How does a guy drafted that high, if not for injury, just be a free agent and you know coming in to compete? Like, is that not all truly the understand what wrong? it means to compete at the NFL level? You know, there are a lot of guys, right? And and take him for for instance, and I don't know his situation, so I'm. A, just kind of throwing out a scenario there, but a lot of those guys have never had a job before. You know, they've never worked a day in their life outside of just 
being really good, being bigger than everybody, you know, knowing you're going to go D1, knowing you're going to go to the NFL, like that, that's just like, hey, this is just what it is. And you get there and you kind of, there's a lot of guys that kind of just take it for granted. And I saw it with D Milliner. You know, we were, we were there at the same time. I remember when D got drafted and, you know, two and a half years later, a guy that was picked number nine overall ends up just never playing football again. Like I've never yeah. heard of D since then, right? Like, where is he? What's he doing? Uh, you know, but it's like, hey, I took, you know, he took his 12 million guaranteed and, and, and got out of there. So there are certain guys that, you know, you get drafted high and maybe you stop kind of putting in the work and doing a lot of things that kind of got you there. Or you got there based off of just, hey, you know, I'm kind of bigger and faster than everybody. Then you get to the NFL, the playing field is a little bit more even from a trade standpoint. And now it's like, I got to really put in the work. And there are some mm -hmm. guys that don't truly understand that aspect of it or don't love the game enough to put in that type of work. And they end up like Dickerson here being a second round pick that just got cut after playing two years in the league. And, you know, hey, what is he going to do now? Dante Pettis. I mean, he's another kind of case of that as well. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, Dante Pettis went to the Giants, had a little bit of something going after the Niners. I don't know whatever happened to D Milner. Like you said, like, I don't, I don't remember him going to another team. Not that I was necessarily looking for him, but that's, that's kind of odd. Like to go that high nine overall. And there's nothing, I mean, even look, you look at Solomon Thomas, right. And I know how disappointed I was with the draft and with the output and all that stuff. Um, he even got another shot with Oakland, you know, like I, I remember him going to Oakland, the Oakland Raiders at the time. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the league or not, but like, it's just, you know, man, like these guys got to come in and they got, they got to work, man. I, I hope people don't take this position for granted. You know um, I hope, I hope they come in here and, and really, really work. And the last player that they brought in uh, everyone thought that the Niners were going to go out and sign a veteran uh, quarterback. And we thought that maybe that would have stopped after the acquisition of Sam Darnold, but no, it did not. They went out and signed quarterback um, Allen, uh, Brandon Allen. All right. Uh, and this guy was drafted by the Jaguars in the sixth round uh, in 2016. All right. So he's been in the league for a while. He's 30 years old. Where is Fayetteville, Arizona? I mean, uh, not Arizona. Listen, Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas, that's uh, northwest Arkansas, kind of on the border of Missouri. Is that close to you at all? No, I'm southeast, so it's kind of like two halves. You have, kind of have like more of a Midwest version of Arkansas, and then you got kind of like the dirty south. And I'm literally 30 minutes from Mississippi and Louisiana, so like I'm in like the dirty oh. south. Fayetteville is near like uh, Oklahoma, kind of, uh, you know, those Missouri, you know, it's yeah. more up that way. Oh, okay. Oh, they said Solomon Thomas still with the Jets. I didn't even know that. I didn't, I didn't know that Solomon Thomas yeah. was with the Jets. I don't care. He trash. It's whatever. All right. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I don't want to sully your, your channel here. I got to remember that we on both streams. No, you did. You did. You did. I'm kidding. We love everybody. I don't want nobody jumping in the in, in, in the chat saying, bring me on, send me the link. You know, so let me let me just chill. Um, so they go out and get Allen, um, and they have a couple of guys coming in for workouts and things like that that they're gonna get through camp, uh, the camps and things like that with. Um, are you expecting anything from the three names uh that, that were recently uh acquired? Brandon Allen. Again, Marlon Davidson and uh, Troy Fumagalli. I think with the defensive tackle, the 49ers, I, I feel like could always use size in the middle, pause. They, but they can always use kind of a, a, a bigger guy, maybe a guy, a two-gapper or a guy that can really kind of plug those run, run lanes up. You know, I just keep having this flashback of Javon Kinlaw on my head just getting pushed out of there 
against the Philadelphia Eagles, like just pushed, you know, 10 yards down the line. I'm just like, man, can you get somebody that, that would come in there and just be really stout with that, with the, at the defensive tackle position? So, you know, if anything, can Dickerson come in and just be that? You don't have to be this great pass rusher, but can you specialize in just kind of uh, pl plugging stuff up so the linebackers at the second level can come in clean and kind of do their thing? Okay. Yeah, I, I would I would think that if anybody, if any of those three guys had a chance to make some noise and, and really, really be seen by the team, it's going to be that defensive lineman. John Lynch just has a thing for defensive linemen. For whatever reason, they think Chris Kosera can, you know, turn nothing into something, which has always, always bugged me. One, the perception of what Chris Kosera can do with these defensive linemen. But two, if it's true, why are they always digging at the bottom of the barrel? Instead of giving him some mid-tier stuff to work with, you know what I mean? Like, why why do they always wait and like get like the guys that like are just the outcast and then say, Hey, Chris, this is what you gotta work with, do something with him? Like, why don't they give him better talent? Well, they 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 have tried, right? When you when you you know, you draft Javon Kinlaw, that's me trying to get a you know, that's a big swing. You trade it for D Ford, you know, and you, you know, you have to give up a second round pick and pay him. And you know, obviously D Ford. Worked for that one year, but then after that, you know, he had a lot of injury issues and it just didn't quite work out after that. So I, I feel like they, they continue to try to, like, swing for certain guys. But, you know, right now with where the 49ers are, it's just a little bit more difficult unless you go off of a name. And, now, and the names, I don't know how they fit. We're like a Jadavion Clowney or uh, Ngankwe, right? Like, how do they fit with what the 49ers do? I, I don't know. Maybe they fit great. The 49ers are just like, ah, nah. We want to get the bottom of the barrel type guys, but uh, I would like for them to take a swing on maybe a guy with a, a, a name like that. Now, the last time they kind of did that with Darnell Dockett, and I don't even know if that was that that wasn't. I don't think that was Kyle Shanahan's guys, but I just remember thinking like, "Oh man, we got Darnell Dockett," and it's like, "Ah, oh, now nah, we're gonna cut him." <laughs> so, did you, you ever you ever see the exchange I had with him on Twitter? Nah, I don't think oh, so. He was not. He was not happy with what I had to say about him, man. I, I don't know how he saw it, uh, but I watched him in one preseason game, and I was like, "Yeah, Doc is not gonna make this roster playing like that." It was one preseason game, and he was like, "I, I love when people who never played in the NFL want to come in and tell people uh, they're not gonna make a roster." And da -da 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 -da. bro, like a week later, he was gone. He was gone right it, away. It, it wasn't that like I was hating on him or nothing like that. Like my man was just getting blown off the line. Like you. That's not what they brought you in for. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, you, you're a vet and all that stuff. And I, I absolutely had nothing but respect. So I didn't mean, like, as a personal attack. But I was just, I, I said something really soft, in my opinion. It was, you know, playing like that is not going to let him make this roster. He's not going to get on here just by his name. Like, it, there's, there's too many guys that want that position. He's got to play better than that. And he, I believe he was here coming off of an injury also. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was injured, like, the previous season or something like that. And he just looked flat. And I was like, yeah, this ain't this ain't gonna be the yeah. Place I think for he had an ACL health. injury the, the year prior. Right. So I mean, it. I, I was right, but I didn't want to be right like that. Like I wasn't trying to upset nobody. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> I thought that maybe that you mentioned him on purpose because that's funny though. But it, it is what it is. Um, but I want to talk about Ian Rappaport, man. I really, really do. Have y'all have y'all discussed him yet on uh, Locked On? I didn't listen to. I listened to, uh, to this morning show, but I know y'all recorded that yesterday. Right. Um, how much depth did y'all go into about him walking back his statements? Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on it. And, you know, hey, man, that's that's locked on 49ers. Hey, they know where they can listen to that. But, you know, these 
listeners, maybe they don't they don't you know listen or subscribe to Locked On 49ers. So I, I I'll kind of repeat some of the things that we were saying. Well, I think one of my main well, takeaways. Wait 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 wait. Don't say, don't say it yet. Don't say it. I'm a, I'm going to play the clip. I'm going to okay, play go, the go, clip, go. and then we'll respond. But for people who don't know, as soon as Sam Darnold was signed, Rappaport started like saying like, oh, it's going to be Sam Darnold until Brock Purdy is ready. And I remember this clip going around on Twitter and on Facebook, and I'm like, yo, it, did he forget that Trey Lance was here? Like, did he – like, he he didn't mention Lance at all. Like, oh, the Niners got their placeholder until their starter is ready. And I'm sitting here like, the starter's ready. Like, I've been, I've been on the whole Trey Lance is going to be the guy uh, regardless of what Brock Purdy did. Now, I, we'll, we'll discuss that in a little bit, but I, I, that's been my personal take. I don't. I don't think winning a Super Bowl. I think you might be alone on that, but that's okay. I, and you know me. I, you know I don't care, right? But I. I don't think winning the Super Bowl would have been enough for Brock Purdy to come in here and be like, "Oh yeah, this is my team." I. I don't think that's the case at all. So if you, I want to play the walk back, uh, by Ian Rappaport. But before I do, I see you look surprised here. Unless he had like an MVP performance, I'm not talking about numbers. I'm talking like. The defense was struggling. You went in there and went toe-to-toe, and you had to make some tight window throws. And all. I've never – I have not seen Rock Purdy look more than a product of the system. I'm sorry. I haven't. There's been a throw here or there, but I see largely what I saw with Jimmy Garoppolo while he was playing, just a product of a really, really, really good team. I And I don't think that's enough – to unseat a guy that they traded up for and picked third overall, and then they coached up for a, a solid season. Hey, sit down and just learn. We don't want you to play this year, right? We were all thinking, oh, you trade up for this guy. He's got to come in here. He's got to start right away. The Niners' philosophy was very different. This guy's coming from uh, North Dakota. Like, he's not ready to play in the NFL. This guy has played one season and one game at North Dakota against lower competition. He's not ready for the NFL. We got to coach him up. We want him to come in here. We want we want him to learn the system. And they followed their formula. You're not coming in here as Mr. Irrelevant and just taking his spot from him. I just I just didn't see that happening. Go ahead. I, I go ahead. I, I see your thoughts. Like, oh man, it's coming out. Go ahead. Well, well okay. There, there, you are you are correct in the sense of the way you're thinking about it. I I, I see the same thing that you're seeing as it pertains to Brock Purdy and what he is as a quarterback. But the 49ers. The, whether it's the coaching staff or the players, they don't care about any of that. All they want to do is win. And they got a quarterback that's functional in the offense, whether it's because of him or is it because he's a product of the system, regardless of any of that, they know, hey, with this guy at quarterback, there's le way less unknown than there is with Trey Lance. And the, one of the known is we can win with him. You know, in a game that he finished, we ain't lose a game at all. And I think that, they're gonna they they're they're behind that. I mean, you can hear it in the the coaching staff's voice. You can hear it in uh, uh, John Lynch's voice. You can hear it in you know George Kittle and some of these guys and the way they talk about them. And I get what you're saying. I I am completely on board with you know he is more of a, a product of the offense as opposed to somebody who can really go above and beyond, right? Like which is the throws that he attempts and things like that. Like I get what you're saying. But I don't think they care about any of that. I think all they care about is we win games with this guy and 
we're we're rocking with him, we're riding with him, and there's there Trey Lance, maybe he'll be good. It just might have to be somewhere else. That's what it feels like to me. Okay. So I respect what you're saying. You know that already. Anything I say, don't take it as a shot at you or a personal attack. But I completely disagree. And I'm gonna tell you why. The Niners had a quarterback on the roster they could win with. I think they want to win because of not just with. They could win with Jimmy Garoppolo and they want to move on from him. I'm not, I don't subscribe to the they wanted to get rid of Jimmy because he was always injured. I think that they think injuries are a fluke that happen more often to some players. I get all that, but that's not why they wanted to get rid of Jimmy. I think the Niners are well aware of where they are, right? Debo didn't get this five, six-year extension. It was three. Brandon Ayuk, rookie deal, first round, right? George Kittle, we signed this extension, but he's up there in age. People don't pay attention to how old George Kittle is, right? Uh, this, um, even your left tackle and Trent Williams, right? These guys are on borrowed time. Some of them, some of them. They're still playing really, really well. Don't get me wrong. But they're, they're, they're like, Trent Williams don't have another four years in the system. I'm sorry. Right. If he does, he would surprise me, right? I Two tops, like two tops, right? That's that's the way I feel about it. When he came out this offseason saying, yeah, you know, the thoughts of not playing did cross my mind. That's, that's dangerous already. I'll never forget the Brett Favre uh, interview. As soon as you start thinking about retiring for real, yeah, like – it's different. Like, you know, it, it affects your body, everything, your recovery and all that. So uh, listen to Trent say that it kind of threw up a red, a red flag for me. The Niners had a player that they could win with. They made it to the NFC championship with, they made it to the Super Bowl with, I think they want to get a guy that says, Hey, when the talent starts to drop, when, when the, when the system starts to get figured out and Kyle has to adjust some more, we want a guy here that can put the team on his back if necessary and I think that's why they go and get a guy like Trey Lance. Now, the flip side of that is everyone's going to say, we haven't seen Trey do that, Mike. And that's cool. I completely agree with y'all. But we haven't seen Trey not do that either. We just haven't seen Trey. I think, I think, And I think that's where I am. And I think I just want to see what he is with this team and go out there and and uh, and make some decisions, you know, see how good he is. Every Everything that we hear about Trey Lance has never been physical, right? All the, all the positive stuff that comes out about Trey Lance from the team is his study habits, his work ethic, things like that, right? How much of a, a team team guy he is and, and, and a leader and all that stuff. It's never been about, wow, he's got this phenomenal arm. Oh, my God, he's so fast. Oh, he can run guys over. It's never been that ever since he's been here. Now, us fans might have thought that, but the team has never said that. And the team got behind him just as quick as they got behind Brock Purdy, just as quick as they got behind Jimmy Garoppolo. You're never going to hear the players say, well, I, I really want this guy over that guy. They're not going to say that. The team knows better. They're too well trained, media trained, to say anything like that. If it's Brock Purdy, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, we can win games with him. In fact, hold on. let me. I think I still – do I still have this video in here? Right here. So you think it will be a quarterback competition? Purdy yeah, comes back. Yeah, sure. It's going to be one. Kyle just don't hand nobody the job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. I appreciate you coming here. Right. That's him talking about the competition. You're not just going to get it. But then uh, Eisen asked him a very specific question. So if this winds up to be Trey's team again, you're you think you can win the championship next year? With yeah, no, yes. Sir. That's it. That's it. They're going to get behind whoever is under center. They don't they don't hide. They don't hide that part of of what they feel. And I think the fans want to be like definitive. Like we just want to know who the quarterback is going to be going into the season. I think this is the first time. And back-to-back -back years, 
that we know who the starter is going to be, and it's the same guy from last year to this year. It's this is Trey Lance's team, bro. By the way, happy birthday, Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday to Trey Lance, right? Like this is his team. I don't, I personally, I don't, I don't care what nobody says. This, this I will. I, 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 as much as you would, I would like to see that as well because I just want to see, like, you know, what does it look like if he starts more than two games in a row? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, what yeah. steps does he take? You know, what does it start to look like? Do we get more of, you know, what it looked like against the Houston Texans and he kind of continues to build off of that? Like, that's a terrific quarterback. I would love to see that too. But here's one issue Are, are you familiar with James Wiseman? No. James Wiseman was, Wiseman was drafted at the top of the NBA draft by the, uh, Golden State Warriors that, you know, about to lose to the Lakers. All right, but uh, James Wiseman. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was that? Was that? Uh, I, I had to throw that one dig in there. But um, James Wiseman. Oh, is that your gunshots? <laughs> Got fired. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, James Wiseman was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. And listen to this tweet. I saw this tweet earlier today. I was like, it sounds like the issue with, with, with Trey. All right, so here we go. My guy Rashad Phillips on Twitter says, the drafting of James Wiseman set Golden State Warriors back three to four years. His development was too slow for what Golden State Warriors were banking on, so they were forced to bail on the kid. They're thin interior, blah, blah, blah. He starts talking about just kind of his skill set. Then he says, Wiseman will be a terrific player but his timeline wasn't aligned with the Golden State's deadline. And, and I feel like that's that's Trey Lance, where he he might be terrific. And I and, and I see a lot of ability. It's for sure there. You know, you would like to see more consistency, but maybe what it takes for Trey to become that more consistent quarterback, it just doesn't quite align with the timeline of where the 49ers are right now, which essentially year in, year out, they are a team where it's like, Super Bowl, right? And mm-hmm. what they know right now with Brock Purdy is like, hey, we were maybe a blown out elbow away from being in the Super Bowl. And I think they just, hey, we're really we're willing to rock with that over trying to figure out the unknown with, with Trey Lance. That's what it feels like to me. Okay. And see, I hear you. But that's but, not what I would do. Okay. And what no, I would no, do, I we'd have to go all the way back to the beginning on what Eric Crocker would have done in this situation. Now what I would do is I would, and this is me, like, if I'm in Trey's corner, like, bro, trade Trey Lance. <laughs> Give him an opportunity because what he needs, he's not going to get here. He he needs to just he needs to just go play. And, and I'm starting to think somebody asked me about, well, why was Brock Purdy more ready, et cetera? And I'm like, well, Brock Purdy has a lot more experiences. This is a guy that wow. started three and a half years at Iowa State, Everything that you go through, like being just a quarterback, right? He got to learn and play through all of those things. The ups, the downs, the losses, throwing the interception. How do you respond? Becoming a leader uh, year year in and year out, right? Like all these different things, dealing with all kind of adversity. Trey just never had to really deal with it. He had to deal with, okay, I got to beat this transfer out from Iowa State that Brock Purdy actually beat out. And then he came to North Dakota State. Trey Lance beat him out. And then... We we get rolling and he just doesn't lose a game and he wins the title and then doesn't throw an interception the entire season and the next thing you know you got COVID and then you're in the NFL and there's I feel like there's just so much like that he skipped over as it pertains to like becoming a quarterback and 
he needed that first year. And again, everybody's situations are different. But what he needed was year one, can I come in and just play and just deal with my lumps and uh, and, and just learn how to I go with that. a lot of the ups and downs. And he just was not afforded that because Kyle yeah. couldn't afford that. Kyle was coming off a of one winning season in four years. Four years like, yeah. I can't, I can't risk another down year when ideally See, that would be the best thing for Trey Lance. But all right, so you what you just said at the end there, he needed to come in and play right away and just go with the lumps. And the, the and the what was his name? Wiseman, the, yeah. the person you were talking about, right? Are opposite statements because the, the key part of what you said about Golden State drafting him was he didn't develop quick enough. As far as we know, and everything the team has said, Trey Lance has developed. The injury was the only setback. I don't think the team wanted him to come in and play and take his lumps on the field. I think there was still think they wanted him shot. Uh, I, I got to disagree. I, I think that they're like just watching him, right? And I could see all the things where you know, I could point out, man, he did this well, this well. Like, you know, I haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks making this type of throw and he could do all these things. Oh, he could take off four first downs, but it still felt a little clunky. And I think that was part of him just still figuring it out. Like that. And again, we're talking about a guy who hasn't started back to back games in the NFL. Or he started back to back games. He hasn't finished back to back games. Finished back to back games. So I mean, this is not like I'm not like knocking him for for not quite being right. there. It's just like there right. was just a lot that he had. Now, he could have went through the first eight games and you just start to see him hit a groove. And, and that would have been great. And I wish he would have right. got that opportunity, but he got hurt, you know? Right. Uh, right. But as far as just what goes into developing and kind of what he needs, and, and maybe the 49ers didn't know quite that. I saw somebody in the chat, well, why did they draft him? Maybe they didn't know that it was going to be quite the way it was. And you got to remember, too, he wasn't their number one choice. He wasn't their number two choice, right? Like, they, they told you, hey, man, you know, we called Matthew Stafford. Oh, man, like, Rams beat us to it. Okay, we looked into De- Deshaun Watson. Oh, man, he's the, you know, the booty tickler. Dang, you know, okay, can't go with him. And then, okay, we're going to, hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he available? Oh, he's not? Now you're mad at me? Okay, okay, we'll draft Trey Lance. Right. Like, it wasn't the one, two, three. It was, like, the fourth option. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'm not saying that they don't like him. Yeah. I'm just saying they clearly were trying to see, like, we want to win now. And these guys can help us. Yeah. Okay, I got to go with this guy. Dang, well, right. I really don't want to wait. Right. So, oh, okay, we got Jimmy. We could just play Jimmy. And it just kind of threw everything off. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that part of what you're saying. I think I was just focusing on the development versus playing. I think a person can develop enough to make a team comfortable without being on the field if they see what they need to see. And practices, and that, that I think that's where I was. I think when they were ready to move on from Jimmy, I think they felt he was developed enough, and he was going to take the league by storm. J- uh, John Lynch and Kyle both uh, said that when they addressed the media a, a couple weeks ago uh, that Trey Lance, like they said, Brock Purdy came in, he played well, uh, really well and efficient, and we believe that Trey would have done the same exact thing. So you know, that, just their words, not mine, not Eric Crocker's. Like that's what. That's what they said. Those were the words that they echoed. Let's uh let's get to this. And by the way, uh Dickerson, um, Damon Dickerson put a super chat in here. You guys can keep the super chats coming. We'll we'll get to them at the end of the show. Uh, we want to stay on on uh pace here and, and continue to uh you know stick with the program here. Uh so the walk back. So again, uh Ian Rappaport comes out as soon as the team signs uh Sam Darnold, and he is like hyping this guy up, like, oh, this is the guy until Purdy is healthy and ready to go. And he was uh just just really like 
the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance. It was day three of the draft, and there was a report coming out that morning saying the Niners could still trade Trey Lance. This is Rappaport, by the way. And the reason why would you well rap? Why would you why would you say that? Why would the 49ers want to do that? Because you don't want a guy that you pick third overall being your third string quarterback. Like he was really coming down on Trey, like he was just on the roster just to be on the roster. Well, it turns out he wasn't quite right. This is what he had to say. Years. Okay. The Sam Darnold thing is interesting. Like, I, uh, so I think it was on this show. Yeah. When I said something like that, there was a very real chance that Darnold was going to be yes. the starter week yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of pushback from, from people there okay. who were like, oh, why in, would you discount in the building or like Niners fans? Uh, in the building. Okay. Like, why would Big you difference. discount Trey Lance? And I'm like, I get it. But like, Trey Lance is not, we have not seen whatever Trey Lance is going to be. We have not seen it. Unless we have. That's kind of the biggest worry, right? Is that this is really just the worst trade in the history of sports? I still well, don't think there's enough. He didn't play enough last year. Like, the, we don't know. it was in his first NFL game. It was in shitty weather, and then he so broke bad. his leg. Like, yeah, but he hasn't played in six years. It's like. Where did he get six years from? Like, what the fuck? Being funny, he he, he's can't. Certain guys, you kind of just have to block out their comments, and he was one of them. God. Oh, what's Adam Schefter doing there? Or uh Rappaport. yeah, Rappaport. Like, what's he doing? I, so I I don't know, but I want I want to get your thoughts. That was a weird thing. Like, why is why is Ian Rappaport there? Right at at, at Pat McAfee's facility stuff. Well, I, I have a theory on it. If you if you want my real theory, I could I could tell you why I think he was there. Trying to, they're Pat, trying to get, I saw ESPN trying to maybe get him. You think maybe NFL Network's trying to get him? No, no. If I'm being completely honest, uh, Pat McAfee kind of showed people like you could do this independently and be really successful. You don't have to be associated with a big network. You could do it your way and be successful. And then uh, he's the one who got the the break, the story that Aaron Rodgers wanted to go there, the decision and all that stuff. Uh, Pat McAfee, not the big name, not Schefter, not Rappaport. You know what I mean? Like it was not Garofolo. It was it was him. Right. So uh, I think now it's like, all right, just to show you guys, I'm still connected. I'm with the connected people. I, okay, I really I see some people are like, oh, well, Pat, you know, he just had, I know he just had a kid. I'm just asking, why is Ian Rappaport like, why is he there? Like, that's not right. NFL, you know, that's not where, you know, you typically see him on the big networks. It's like he's on someone's YouTube channel. <laughs> it's, 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 mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, right. Yeah, anyways, not everybody watched thousands. I, I, one time I saw it. And it was like 50,000 people. You know, we get live viewers. It's like 200, 300 live viewers, 400 live viewers. That was like 50,000 live viewers. I'm like, damn, different world there. Yeah, they doing they doing it big over there for real. Um, but what, what, were you, what were your thoughts on this? He And he was very clear because they asked him, so you got pushback from Niner fans? He was like, no, people in the building, like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, your, thought, your thoughts on the whole, what, what he said leading up to it and the walk back there. My initial thought was I was a little disappointed. Because when I think of Ian Rappaport, when I think of Adam Schefter, and when they say things, they're, those, these guys are insiders. So I'm assuming you are being told this information from people. And then the way he just said it is like, no, it's just an opinion. Like I'm Mike Andrews or Eric Crocker. It's like, well, you're, you're just like us now. Like you're supposed to be the insider to have all these things. And you're just throwing stuff in the air off of what your little ass thinks. I don't know if y'all have seen Rappaport in real life. 
I've seen him in real life. Dude's like five two. So it's like you know you're just going off of what you think like anybody else. And and now he's kind of kind of discredits him just a little. Now he works hard, and maybe he does have inside sources. But that was one of the things when he said that and really kind of, you know, I'm just giving my opinion. I was I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah, especially because what he says is taken like and it, articles are written about it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that, that's and what that's, I'm that's that's what the dangerous part was with what he was saying. Right now, all of a sudden, you have Trey Lance's agent calling the team saying, "Yo, y'all, y'all fed that information? Like y'all, that's really what y'all think about our guy? Like he's just," and the team was like, "No." No, that is not what happened. We we didn't say that shit to him. Hey, Ian, get out there and clear the air. Like, let people know we didn't tell you that. Because right. make it clear that this is your opinion, not something you heard, not something that, you know, what like you got you have to separate the two opinion versus info and and you know rumblings that you heard. Like just make it make it very clear, please. They they the team wanted to get from behind that, and that lets me know further just how much. They believe in Trey Lance. Otherwise, why would they care? Why Why do so many people push back on a quarterback that hasn't played much? And for or, and for the most obvious reasons. Wait, say that? What can you, like, can why, you why do they – why is there so much just – from national media? And there, I feel like it's always been like this surrounding Trey Lance. But there's just so much of – ah, nah. And it's like, dude, y'all watch these other guys play for years and give them chance after chance. Look last year. I mean, we saw Zach Wilson play like crap for most of a year. And because he didn't throw an interception over his last six games, even though he was throwing for 100 yards and 50-something yards a game, it's like, oh, breakout player, uh, he's going to be the breakout player of the year, right? It's like, no, he's just not good. But, like, at least you got a chance to kind of, like, see him play. But for the guy that hasn't played a lot and for very you see you see the reason why one you had the COVID year two you got Jimmy Garoppolo and his I kind of got win right now then he breaks his ankle and then it's like ah he just can't play like he's just not good why why is that the and it's not just uh Rappaport's idea of oh well we don't know what he is and stuff but throwing it out there but the the Mike Silvers and it's like all the guys like that's their thoughts on it and and I just think it's kind of weird the way they have gone about this whole thing with Trey Lance, as opposed to just saying, hey, man, like, you know, we don't know, but they do know what they have with Brock Purdy. Like, that's understandable. That's right. not the way that they right. talk about Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah. So they they always make it seem like Trey can't play, but they never say what he doesn't do well. So right. I, I, I right. get what you're saying. It's always like, well, they, they want more from the position or the team is ready to move on. Because or Sam Carlos going to beat him out. Right, right. It's never been about what one guy does well and the other guy doesn't do well because that would require homework. That would would require research. That would require watching film and breaking things down and how you think a player will fit in the system. And you can break down all you want. You can actually do a full breakdown on Sam Darnold and and how you think it's going to work. They said you're you're echoing, so I'll go on mute when it's time for you to speak. That's that's probably my fault, guys. Um, Nah, why, why would that happen? I do hear myself in your background. You got it somewhere, or yeah, it might it might be my um, it might be my my uh microphone picking up what you're saying. Let me let me check my settings real quick. You have headphones on? No, no, I don't do headphones. Hold on. Uh, You y'all gonna hear a click real quick? Just just give me a second. I I apologize. Hold on. That's headphones. All right, that should 
that should fix it. And I also got turned down my microphone sensitivity. I had it turned all the way up. All right. So that should help right there. Um, yeah, that, that should help. All right, let's uh, hello, hello, hello. I think I think we're good now. Okay, yeah. I had to change some settings up. I've I uh never mind, it's it's not cool. I was doing a different show and I used the background noise on purpose, so I forgot to turn it off. Uh, um but yeah, it will require some research. And and here's the truth, right? You can do a full breakdown of what you think Sam Darnold's gonna do in the system with his skill set. You can't do that for Trey because you haven't seen enough. It, it's just that simple. So it's easier to say, yeah, they want to move on. And this guy, we've seen we've seen uh, Sam Darnold make some really phenomenal throws. We've seen Sam Darnold break the pocket and run for some some long scrambles in the NFL at the pro level. We saw him do some things at USC, blah, blah, right? It's easy to go out there and say those things, right? And then when you want to say those same things about Trey Lance, you always come back to, yeah, well, it was North Dakota State. Like, it wasn't the sec you know what i mean well, like it was the houston texans it was right yeah 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 and so that i think that's what it comes down to and it's just easy to say he can't do it because they haven't seen him do it as opposed to saying we don't know what he is like you said i i think i really think that's where it comes from it's easier plus plus if we want to be honest about guys like silver and even guys like uh matt burrows right like it's pay per click now like that that's that's the that's the world they live in the negativity draws way more clicks and attention and retweets and and interaction than the positivity does and it's just it's just where we are right now uh in in social media and, and in society and unfortunately that's that's the way that people are gonna rot you know the positive stuff isn't gonna make the headlines you know that's that, that's just not the way it works um when the Niners win games are you more inclined to read articles about why they won or are you more inclined to read articles about why they lost who had the bad games who was to blame for it it's, it's the, if you had done X, Y, and Z different, we would have won. It's right. the negative stuff. It's the assessment. We won the game. We're ready to move on to the next week. And so it just naturally makes sense that the negative stuff is going to drive people. So you just go ahead and say it and you get, you get, you get the interaction that way. I think. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's just a little, uh, I guess, interesting that like that's, it's so strong one way. And then right. to hear a guy say, well, it's just kind of my opinion. That's why I'm like, oh, Come on, well, man. and this is the other this is the other clip I want to play, right? They come out here and they say all these things about why Sam Darnold can be successful in the system, right? Like why Sam Darnold could be successful here. I want you to listen to what they say as the why Sam Darnold can be successful here, and tell me that if I didn't tell you that this was about Sam Darnold, what quarterback wouldn't this apply to? All right, you ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm play it now. Here we go. May- Everyone, it seems everyone looks good in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I was like, just going to say, yeah, it's the perfect situation for him now, too. With their running game, I mean, we reference it all the time. He ran a little G. bit, too, last year. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Darnold started yeah. to run a little bit. He can scoop, but in that offense, like, they could run the ball 50 times a game. If, or not a game, but there will be games where he doesn't have to win anything. Like, he, they, he's he got to deliver, what, a couple balls in, inside yeah. a window, but he's, it's not as out. if – yeah, it's not. It's not like they have a defense that isn't going to keep them in games. They're the best defense in football. So right. it's like, hey, can you with George Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, uh, McCaffrey in the back, oh, Elijah Jesus Mitchell? Christ. Like, can you just get us to the point where we're scoring three three touchdowns? Or we're scoring twenty one points a game because if that's the case, we'll probably end up being the one or two seed in the NFC. What did they say about Sam Donald in there that 
didn't apply to <laughs> any Trey other or even Brock. Right. That's what, right. Like how how does that have like honestly, what what's what's your thoughts on what they just said? Because I agree with what they were saying in general, but it could apply to anybody. I mean, I think I agree with your assessment there. Like when you break it down that way, now it's kind of your whole thing where it's like, well, they don't say Trey Lance can't do this or can't do that. They don't say his strengths and weaknesses is just, oh, you know, he's not playing or you don't know. So, but you do know that Sam Donald has been bad. So maybe he can be good. <laughs> you know, I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah. I, here, here's what I do know. All right. This is, this is what I do know. The team has come out. I'm talking about Kyle. I'm talking about John. They have come out and said that if Brock Purdy was healthy, he would be the leader in the clubhouse. He is the leader in the clubhouse, right? The team has come out and said, you know, Purdy would be competing with Trey Lance or he might be QB1 if he was healthy and all that stuff. To me, this is where my opinion comes in. They're telling you guys that ain't the case, though. If everything you say ends with or starts with if he was healthy, then you forget everything that was said. It's like somebody giving you a compliment and then saying, but everything they said before the word, but it don't matter. It don't matter. So if they say if Trey Lance, I mean, I'm sorry, if Brock Purdy was healthy, then we would do X, Y and Z. It don't matter because he's not healthy. He's not. This is this is Trey Lance's team. I think that that's the best birthday gift that they can give to Trey Lance and letting him know, hey, man, this is your team. So I'm doing it for the 49ers. I know they're not going to come out and do it because they want him to work hard. They want him to think that he's got to earn it, right? And he does. Let me be very clear. Debo said it in that clip we played earlier in the show, right? Kyle's not just going to give it to anybody. You do have to go out there and earn it. But if he goes out there and does what they think, forget what I think. If they go out there and do, if he goes out there and does what they think he can do, there's no reason that, this isn't Trey Lance's team. I, I I think that Kyle is probably over this whole like just the quarterback thing and the and the musical chairs and he just it's like can I just have a guy? Can I just <laughs> I know start the season like this is guy and this is you know this is my guy and then he was hoping he had that all last year with Trey Lance and it just didn't happen so now he's like ah, I think I got my guy in Brock Oh he's hurt broke his elbow <laughs> right. I feel bad for him, to be honest. A guy that I do feel like is a really good coach and obviously, you know, a really good play caller. I do think, you know, I see certain videos and I talk to my guy, Greg Pinelli, and I do think that they could be a little bit more creative with the drop back passing game. <laughs> uh, super kind of simplistic, the way they go mm-hmm. about it. But, you know, o- overall, I do feel for you know, really just a fan base as well that, you know, in what is it, May, May 9th, you know, I feel like every year f- for the last three years now, we're having this conversation surrounding the quarterback position. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to just, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers, our quarterback, and we just know he's our guy or, you know. Right. We haven't been able to really focus on the rookies that come in, the undrafted free agents. Like, it's always – circling back to the damn quarterback position. That's going to take us to our next topic. We're going to wrap this thing up here soon, guys. We're approaching the one-hour mark. I don't want to keep Eric for too much longer here. Uh, we're going to get to the Super Chats and all that stuff. But, Eric, man, uh, the draft is coming going. I don't think we've done a show since the draft together. Um, were there any 
first of all, what were you expecting of the of the draft this year? Don't don't I'm not talking about prospects or anything like that. Right. Knowing where the Niners were picking, were you expecting them to go out and get guys to be starters? And you could, you know, the biggest holes, whatever. Uh, it's funny because I actually called you maybe two weeks before the draft and said if the Niners traded up to the second round, what position would it be for? And it wasn't for a position that would be a position of big need necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so uh, what were you expecting going into this draft uh, to, to come out of it? Well, you know, I think based on that conversation we had, it's, it's very clear that my expectations weren't very high in the sense of the, the prospects that you're going to be, that will be available to you late in the third round. You know, and at the time we're talking about pick 99 overall, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at comp picks. Right. And, you know, I don't look at it as a place where you typically go and try to get needs because the, the guys that will be a need, I guess that you get, like they're not projected starters. Now that's not to say that somebody can't be a starter, right? We saw Spencer Burford. He was drafted fourth round. He came in. I mean, shoot, he was starting right away at right guard. Well, it got a little weird. You know, he was rotating with Daniel Brunskill and all that. But I think in general, you typically aren't saying, oh, man, we're drafting this guy in the fourth round, and he's going to come in. He's going to start day one, right? So based on that, and we'll see what some of these guys have, and I'll talk about some of the guys I think have a potential to be a starter, but my expectations weren't high or, or there wasn't much that they could do to really disappoint me because of where they just started drafting. Right, yeah. The position and says you know depth competition and right. future not but there's a lot of people like oh you got to go get a right tackle i'm like why are you really gonna find i mean not and that's not to say that you can't but am right. i gonna say oh i got a 100 draft the right tackle it would pick 99 in the third round because i need him to come in and start like eh, no those guys go in you know top 10 in top 15 right right so i know you guys are doing uh episode by episode y'all break down a different guy um Who's been the most impressive player that you've uh, watched of all the draft prospects so far? I know you guys are breaking them down one by one, but anybody stand out that you say, hey, he actually may be better than the position he was drafted in? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to take a guess on who? Well, I, I heard your show, uh, so I I think I know uh, who, who your guy is, but, I mean, if you... We actually haven't broken this guy down yet. Oh, oh, so then... Damn, y'all didn't y'all. Well, I I like Winters personally. So I like Winters. That like, okay. man, I'm 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 doing a lot of film study on Ronnie Bell, and on my YouTube channel, I've been breaking down like receivers and defensive backs. I got a, a pretty in depth uh, analysis video with film and all that. You can see all that on Ronnie Bell, Darrell Luther, and. Uh, like this. Oh, and, and, and Jair Brown, Tig Brown. All right. Mm -hmm. You guys can go and you, you can watch those and it shows examples and I kind of explain the, the positions and you know different things like that. Like, you know, what, what what I'm looking at, except you get the whole kind of breakdown. But um Dave Winters, I'm watching Brown and I just see keep seeing a flash. <laughs> just like, I'm like, what the heck is that? Oh man, it's 13 again. Then you see another flash. I'm like, what the hell? It's 13 again. Now I see a flash, pick six to the crib, and I'm just like, this dude, D winners. And I win, I watched another couple plays, I mean games, and he maybe isn't like this stack linebacker, you know, 
Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, you know, just super block shedding guy. But for what the 49ers kind of have now, which more like guys that just penetrate, uh, but like the guys that, you know, you, you want to try to keep clean and then what they can do based on their athleticism or what they can do in coverage. I, I love the winner's pick. And then when you just add the value to it on top of that, you got this guy with just freakish ability, you know, runs in the four fours, uh, really fast, plays with swagger, has a swagger. I mean, the field drip was clean, but you know, all the stuff I've paid attention to, but I just liked everything about him. And, and maybe I'm, you know, I'm not the greatest linebacker evaluator. So maybe that's why I don't understand why he lasted to the sixth round. But I think right. for the 49ers and what they look for in their linebackers, I feel like he exemplifies all of that. So I'm really yeah. excited to see him come in and potentially uh, earn maybe that kind of off ball, that third off ball linebacker spot. And, right. you know, do they, you know, spell guy here and there? Okay, D, you know, we, you know, uh, Dre Greenlaw, we, we love you. Uh, let this young guy get a couple snaps here, you know, real quick. You know, and they start kind of grooming him because uh, there's a lot of ability there from an athletic standpoint. And yeah, he was easily, easily my favorite, my favorite pitch. Yeah. I, I will say that, you know, from the little bit that I watched, he definitely popped, you know, um, and, and I like that a lot. I, I liked him a lot. Um, I want to ask you one more question real quick. I don't know if you've broken both of the tight ends down. Do you think that they should have drafted them in opposite order? <laughs> Uh, so, Latou, and we actually talked about Latou. So, it, those of you right now that are in the chat, uh, listen to Locked On 49ers. Mm-hmm. In the morning. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. We, we recorded one a day early. So, never mind. That one comes out Thursday morning. All right. But we did break down Latou. And he is, from an athletic traits standpoint, I feel like they drafted him too soon. And I'm really big on value. I mean, that's just the way mm-hmm. my mind works. But, you know, I'm probably not just going to draft a guy that's slower than uh, uh, Jordan Davis, you know, if if there's other guys on the board that I potentially can get. Now, I, I just said, hey, look, I'd like to draft him in the fifth round. And I think I'm getting a good tight end. You know, he can block, you know, but just the upside, like, is he going to be able to separate from defensive backs? I, I don't know. He's a smooth route runner. Um, I think he's a savvy I think he could work on the top of his routes more to truly understand how to free himself up, work with a guy like George Kittle. Like, George can, can definitely help that aspect of his game. But being a little bit more twitched up, but again, he's just not not the fastest of guys. And when I say fast, I mean, he ran a 4.78 hint right. pro day. So, I mean, that's down there, 4.85 or something like that. Right. So, that, that, that right there is a, is a little scary uh, in the sense of him as a pass catcher. But I think he has a very good, well-rounded game. Smooth guy. He does know how to get open to a certain extent. Uh, I think he's a more than willing blocker. And if you put on the Tennessee game, you see him pancaking guys left and right. So uh, I think he's a 49er type guy. But I, you, you asked me drafting the guys in flip-flop. I haven't watched uh, Willis. You know, I'm a kid yet. But, Braden Willis. Yeah. yeah, Willis. But I know with Latou, ideally I would have liked to get him more in the, in the fifth, in, the, in that range. And if I missed him, then I wouldn't, okay, whatever. Like, okay, let me go get Mallory from Miami. Right. Okay. All right. I mean, after you watch my, I do want to hear from it. Don't have to be on the show either. Like, I do want to get your opinion on it. Uh, that I, I was looking at some film, and I, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. I think one guy's playmaking ability might be a little higher than one guy's overall, uh, you know, 
overall play, if that makes any sense. Like if you if you're just looking at playmaking ability, I think maybe you know Braden might edge out Cameron, but well-rounded game and overall game, you know, it's 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 kind of do you want I'm gonna get killed for saying this. I'm not comparing these players at all, right? But do you want a Braden? Do you want a? Do you want a George Kittle, or do you want a Travis Kelsey? What do you want? Me? <laughs> I, I, I would I would take a George Kittle on this team because I think we're stacked. The other not on this team, you're building you're building a Mike Andrews team. But it okay. Now to answer that question. I have to have I have to know what I have at the other skill positions, the wide receivers and the running backs, right? So like they're, that, they're that's good. why I said you got good, you got you got you got you know a nice receiver, you got a nice running back. Mm-hmm. Then give me the well-rounded player. Okay. And I think that's why you end up with a Latou going before a Willis. All right. it, does that make any sense? Yeah. 100%. If my team is if my team is well balanced, I want everybody to be well balanced, right? But if I have a good route runner and a, and a, and a Brandon Ayuk. If I have like that dog, that physical guy that's going to take, you know, the short stuff and go crazy with it, like a, like a Debo. If I have a, the most dynamic back in the NFL and Christian McCaffrey, right? Like maybe I could settle for, and, and I have George Kittle. I might actually like Willis more in that kind of system because he's going to catch other people off guard. You know what I mean? So I, I, It'll be interesting to see how how things shake out, and I and I, I want to see after you do the uh, breakdown of what you think there. Let's get to these uh, super chats, and then uh, if there's anything you want to discuss, we can do that. Um, but let's get to these super chats here in order that they came in. Damon Dickerson, thank you for the super chat, the first one of the night here. He says uh, more snaps this year: Winters, Oliver, or Beal. So he just went all over the defensive uh, defensive uh, side because I think he's coming in like as the starting nickel. So unless there's an injury to a linebacker, I think I would go Winters. I think Bill is going to be a little tougher because he, he, you know, they have a lot of depth at the edge rushing position. He's going to have to definitely work his way in. I could see him like you know being a healthy scratch for you know part of the season that maybe he. Oh man, Bill is active. You know he's activated, and and you see him in there. But I, I don't know if that's something that's going to be all the time. Whereas Winters and Oliver, I just expect them to always be active and then. Uh, winters kind of get rolled in there, but Oliver be more of your starting nickel. That, that's what it feels like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. I think they, they like what they got in Oliver uh, more than even what the, the, the faithful know. You know, I think they're they're looking for a little, uh, I'm saying a little, I think they're looking for a little more from him than what people actually think. So uh, I, I like that also. I think that's a good one. Um, the next super chat we have here is from Gammon Brown. He says, at Croc, Hypothetical question. If the 49ers and Eagles play 10 games straight in a neutral location, what would be the 49ers win-loss record and why? Gammon comes on my show every day, man. He could ask this question on the show. Uh, but shout out to my guy, Gammon. And Damon, too. Damon, the other guy, left Super Chat. Shout out to my mm-hmm. guys. Uh, I, I would favor Philly in that. Because one, they have one probably the most dominant offensive line in the league. Their defensive line was not maybe as yeah, it was more dominant than the 49ers. I mean, 49ers have Nick Bosa and he's amazing, he's the best player on the field. But as far as just across the board, they, they kind of have the edge there. Uh, you know, 
coaching. I think you kind of get the 49ers the edge there. So it'll be competitive. But I, I just feel like at the right positions, even, you know, offensively for Philadelphia Eagles, it's like, who are you taking? You know, you taking uh, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard? Or who some people would tell you he's better than George Kittle. I'm not saying that, but I've seen people say that. Like, Goddard's nice. He's nice. And, and, and you got Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Are you taking that? Or Brock Purdy, you know, you got Kittle, you got Debo, you got Ayuk, you got Christian McCaffrey. And I think, you know, when you throw Christian McCaffrey in there, I think you kind of shake things up a little bit, maybe in favor of the 49ers. But I think having that dynamic quarterback with Jalen Hurts kind of just gives them the edge. So I feel like up front, they have the edge really on both sides of the ball. And then that quarterback, they have the edge. And they still have terrific weapons. I mean, I, I think it's just they would just – really be a, a difficult team for the 49ers to just beat time and time again. I think the 49ers can catch them flipping any time because they have good players, good coaching, but they'd just be a hard team to beat on a neutral field, you know, 10 straight games. Right. Now, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question because that was directly to you, but I, I want to change up this question a little bit and ask you this way. One game to win it all, and you don't have to worry about injuries. Because you, you, you didn't hesitate when you gave the nod to the Niners for coaching. And I think that's when you really shine. You know what I mean? Like coaching, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, than what the I on say the that, but that's because I'm just more familiar with the 49ers coaching. So it feels like, and I always just feel like 49ers got better coaching than teams. But maybe Philly got better coaching. I don't know. The way they're going about things, I love what they've done with Jalen Hurts and how they've brought him along. And it was just like, yeah, you know, he's going to be our guy. And when a lot of other people were super skeptical of him and, you know, gave him a lot of confidence and it's like, hey, and we're going to load you up on some weapons too and do some good things. And, he, you know, he was like the MVP candidate. So uh, maybe they got good coaching as well. And maybe they have the edge. I just know the 49ers coaches better. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, we got we got two more, maybe three more to get to real quick, and then we'll get up out of here. Uh, Sean Turner says, thank you, Mike Andrews. You're welcome. I don't remember what part this was a reference to. might have been me calling out. Uh, Ian Rappaport, I don't remember, uh, but you're absolutely welcome, man. That that whatever I did, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Deshaun Page, thanks, my guy. He says here, uh, what's up, Niner gang? Sam Darnold has a new house because he's a little bit. Uh, wait, Sam Sam Darnold has a new home because has little bit of talent is going to make this offense the same as last year. I wish it was Zach Wilson and Brock Purdy. I don't know what i'm reading here help me out here croc that's all you okay thanks <laughs> uh <laughs> i think he's saying uh with with the new with the new location for sam darnold he has talent uh so you know with his type of talent like there wouldn't be much drop off but okay. he wishes it was zach wilson instead of sam darnold i think that's what he's saying he would rather have I, – oh, I disagree with that. I disagree with that a lot. I think I, – okay, I think people really sleep on Sam Darnold's talent, and that's something that I, I wasn't going to get into this episode. And I want to be clear with my stance. I am Team Trey, but I like all three of the quarterbacks the Niners have here. I don't know anything about uh, Allen, so I'm not talking about him. But I like Sam Darnold. I like what he could be in this system with this team, with this coaching staff. I, I like Trey Lance and what I think he could be. And I like Brock Purdy because I've seen what he is so far. Okay? So let me be very clear what I'm saying, but I never liked Zach Wilson. 
I remember listening to Steve Young ranting and raving about him. I don't know if it was because of the BYU thing, but I was like, bro, I don't, I don't, I I saw some throws here and there, right? I saw some athleticism here and there, but if you, if you put together a highlight reel of anybody, you're going to find plays that you like. He played a little, uh, so the things, look, I got killed for asking these questions and now people are coming back like, "Ah, you're kind of right about this. Right. And, And listen, there's not me pounding my chest or whatever. I was right about Zach Wilson. But I had questions. And I watched. So one day, cleaning my crib. And I'm watching, I got NFL Network on. And they had a game from the previous season. This was the offseason of that draft. Okay. And it was Drew Locke for the Denver Broncos against the like Raiders or somebody. Whoever it was. It was like late in the year. And I'm watching Drew Locke. I'm like, man, kind of reminds me of somebody. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm paying attention. I'm like. This looks like Zach Wilson. Just looked a lot like Zach Wilson. So I go and I ask Twitter, you know me, I'll go ask Twitter, hey, what? I don't watch Drew Locke as a prospect, but what's the difference between Drew Locke and Zach Wilson? And right away, it's just, oh, decision-making, accuracy, Zach Wilson's way better at those, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but do you think maybe the level of competition had anything to do with it? Because prior to that last year at BYU, Zach Wilson's accuracy was kind of protrude. And when you look at uh, Drew Locke, I mean, playing the SEC, he's on like the worst team in the SEC. So I could see how it could be a little, it'll get a little weird. As opposed to Zach Wilson, right. you know, last year, he played against North, North Alabama, you know, uh, Texas State. You know, there were like a lot of just thrown together games. And then when you watch the games, there's a lot of just, Okay, let me run around, just throw the ball up high, and then my six five receiver is gonna go catch the ball, right? Like it didn't feel like a whole lot of skill. You see the talent, but not a whole lot of skill. And I was just, you know, just asking, the, you know, the, the, those questions, and then you know, he gets to the league, and you know, it is what it is. But that was just, it was just kind of interesting. Okay, all right, Sean, but thank you for the thank you for the super chat, bro. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I I still I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Sam Darnold. Oh, and then he, and then and then you know when I was there, listen. I don't want a quarterback who, when when it gets ugly, right, it gets ugly in the game, and you and you have like seventy yards of offense, and they and they ask you straight up on television on in front of all the cameras, oh, and they I ask you, okay. uh, hey, you know, you think you guys gotta let the defense down a little bit? A defense that gave up seven points, and he's like, nope, not at all. I'm out. Yeah, and I think the rest of the Jets were out on them too after that. Yeah, you're never gonna get that from any guy in this locker room. I think the, the one of the first things the Niners teach is accountability and leadership, you know. Um, and even if you don't mean what you're about to say, right? <laughs> if you go out there, there was a game. I don't know if you remember this game. This was a while ago. It was uh Tony Romo with the Cowboys and Peyton Manning with the Broncos, and the final score was like 51 to 48 or something crazy. It was a a dumb high scoring game, right? Who, who and wait, who it was it was Tony Romo with the Cowboys and it was Peyton Manning with the Broncos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Romo threw an interception at the very end of the game. Yeah, at the very end of the game, right? And it's like people were blaming Romo. I'm like, bro, like he put up over 45 points. That's not on him. He was going toe to toe. I mean, toe right. to toe. Yeah. Yes. And so and, and the Broncos defense wasn't chumped that year either. Like that's so that's what you know. If if he went to the podium in that moment and said, "Yeah, no, nah, I don't think I owe the defense anything else," people would still kill him for that. Even though 
I'm saying this years later, I agree with what he was, but you can't go to the podium and say that. Like, right. that's just something that you just can't do. And these guys have been well-trained now. The fact that he said that, it's just, like you said, it, it just turned the whole organization and the fan base off of him. Like, it's like, all right, this kid thinks, like, he he deserves something, like, that he hasn't earned yet. So, Right, they know, put it, up, like, seven points and had, like, barely 100 yards. Yeah, it was crazy. It was terrible. Um, and that was total, too, not just passing, like, total yards. It was it was bad. It was bad. Um, Terra Dome says CBS Sports ranked Brock Purdy 12th of 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. That's fourth in NFC behind Cousins and Prescott. I wonder who the other person was. He said fourth in the NFC. Uh, would you rather have one or both of them? Or Hurts, Purdy. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe Hurts. Okay, that, that probably makes sense. Uh, would you rather have one of those two guys or Purdy? If you had to choose between the three of them, Purdy. I mean, I don't look at Cousins or Prescott and think that they're anything like special. So uh, I think that kind of shows you right there where, and this is not a slight against Purdy. He's just he's just young, and you know we'll see. But if you put flipped and put him in the AFC, where would he rank? You know where you got, I mean, you know, big dogs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. like, put them in the AFC, then what does that look like? So I, I can agree with that that ranking there because I just – you're talking about Cousins and Prescott. It's like, you know, they cool, whatever. Yeah. But uh, in the AFC, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Aaron Rodgers now, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I mean, the list yeah. just keeps – like, they just keep coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they just keep – it's just that, like, quarterback yeah. on top of quarterback on top now of quarterback. they got the second overall pick over there. Like, they, they – they they got some players over there now, man. They got some players over there. Hey, do you do you worry about um a fall off from any quarterback in their second year in the system? So like you, I I, I don't want to say Brock Purdy because I'm not specifically talking about him, but do you think Kyle's scheme and system kind of reduces that fall off? You see guys come in sometimes and they look really good year one, and then the next year it's like a step back because the league start to catch up to him. No, right? no, Kyle doesn't reduce it. We've seen this happen, right, with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, you come in, you win five straight games, and then the very next year where it's like, oh, you got a whole offseason. And this was Jimmy having the offseason. It's like, hey, you got a whole offseason. Everything's catered around you. You know, we, yeah, we're going to get it rolling. And then week he one. Struggled, he struggled in week one. He got he injured in three interceptions in the pick six. You know, and you lose on the road to Minnesota. Week two, you, you do damn near pick six to lose the game against Detroit Lions, but it got called back for holding, and you were kind of able to milk the clock. Then week three, I mean, it was 35-0 before you could blink, and I'm not putting that all on Jimmy, but you weren't really helping at the the time, right? Then he tears the ACL. So in the sense of just can there be – and I'm not saying this is going to happen with Brock, but can can there be a a step back for whatever reason? And, you know, with Kyle coaching, clearly, like, there can be some form of that. And, And maybe it doesn't look like that. But, I mean, if, if I already tell you, hey, you know, heading into 2018, just so you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw three picks and a pick six against the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to lose on the road. You'd be like, hmm, nah, not Jimmy. But then the flip side is when he came back, he was 8-0. But then he came and, back and 8-0. And they should have won that last game, but the kicker missed that field goal in overtime or, or whatever it was. But But you also remember that – you know, he he was not playing well. That's true. That is true. 
the, the defense was Sanders to wake up the offense a little bit week more. One, Tampa Bay, what happened? You know, two pick sixes, right? Pick six, you know, but then he threw a pick six to Vernon Har uh uh yeah, Vernon Hargraves. But then you know, Akella Witherspoon, Richard Sherman came through in the Klizuch, mm-hmm. had two pick sixes to kind of yeah. put, the, put the game away. You know what I'm saying? And then, but it was it was a little weird. And then, you know, he played the Bengals, though, you know, and he, he went off that game. Uh, and then the run game really took over against the the uh, Cleveland Browns. But there was a lot of, like, mid-type yeah. play. And he was coming off of a torn ACL as well. So Right. Yeah, well, no, that's true. Jimmy so did start were- to heat up, though. You know, he did start to heat up. Right, but you what you're basically saying, even the game that they put up 51, it wasn't because of some phenomenal passing attack. The run game was crazy. I don't know if you remember, Tevin Coleman had like three touchdowns in that game or something like that. Tevin Coleman the was, against the Panthers, yeah, when they put he up 51. Four yeah, yeah, four rushing yeah, touchdowns. Four. Uh, uh, Debo had another rushing touchdown. I think we scored four, 51 points, and maybe Jimmy threw one touchdown, maybe. Right. <laughs> the highest scoring game with Kyle Sanders. Sanders. I think he threw a, uh, a touchdown to Manuel Sanders, I think. The highest scoring game with Kyle Shanahan's career as a head coach with the 49ers and his quarterback threw one touchdown. And this is why I say that the Niners have known for a while they can win with guys. And now I think they want to start winning because of guys. And that's why I think you'll see some shakeup this season under center at Trey Lance. Guys, I'm done. I, I think I disagree with you on that. I think it's Purdy's job. That's what it feels like. All right. We're going to see. Time will tell. Uh, now, let me ask you this question. Do you think that the Niners start the season because Purdy's not ready with Trey Lance and then they won't pull him once once Purdy is ready? Or do you think that once Purdy is ready, no matter who's back there, they go out there and give the job to, to Purdy? Well, the, the biggest hurdle that Trey Lance has is I don't know if there's anything he could do just in the offseason to – outdo what they've seen Purdy do in the actual live games and even important games, right? Like playoff games and stuff. Uh, you know, Cowboys game was a little weird. But, yeah, you know, never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't do it. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so, but I don't know what he can do as, a, you know, just the result of just wins, right? I don't know if there's anything he could do in the offseason to outdo that. So, but if Trey has a chance, let's say, hypothetically speaking, which, uh, my guy Damien was on my show earlier today, and he's like, nah, Brock Purdy's going to be fine week one. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, they're like, oh, Brock, you're going to start off on the pup list. And Trey has four weeks or whatever, right, to, to start the year. Right. I could see a scenario. He goes three and one, and then it starts to get a little weird with what you, like the decisions you have to make from there. Yeah. Or I could see that. All right. But if he, but if it's Brock Purdy, it's week one and Purdy's ready, I, I believe he he's gonna be under center week one. I hope I hope I hope he's ready by week one so we can put this to bed. I think but that what I don't want is I don't want and again I would love to see I just feel like the just Trey Lance offense and he's like and he's cooking, it'll look really good. I think people will be really excited about that. But what I don't want is like, well, you're you're trying to go all in with Brock Purdy, and it's like, oh he threw a pick. Boo! Get Trey Lance in there, you know, and that's a tough thing because I think you would deal with that regardless of who starts at quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be that way either way. Yeah, I mean, and because of Sam Darnold's ability, you got guys like Matt Mayoko saying he's the best thrower of the ball the Niners have ever had. You're going to have people champion for him. At a Remember, they were point. like, uh, 
we want car. Remember, they were, they, yeah. they, were, they were benching us. They, they wanted Alex Smith out of there. Bro, Carr was one of them. I remember the Troy Smith chance bro like it was it was it was bad it gets it got ugly out there man um but i, I will say this though man I, my final thoughts um I, i'm gonna ask you a question really quick um and then and then again you go into your final thoughts so we can get out of here um if there's a significant injury to the, a quarterback again this year the people start to say maybe it's kyle like do you think that kyle in the in the in the coaching staff or the the what's it called the training staff starting to get some heat for quarterbacks not being able to stay upright with this 49ers team. And then you can answer that and then go into your final thoughts and we'll, and we'll get out of here. I I think people are already kind of have that just thought, right? Like they asked it. And we saw the breakdown from JTL Sullivan and he's like, you know, yeah, they are kind of freakish, but Kyle, you're not like just 100% in the clear. Like there are things that you can do different, even from, the play design to kind of really help your quarterbacks stay healthier. Uh, so there's, or, or the players can, you know, one of them, it was when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, it looked like Debo didn't know he was hot. And, and that was the issue there. So it was like, Oh, I'm about to throw the hot. Oh, Debo's not running the hot. And now I got to try to bill. And then, you know, Oh, I scramble into breaking my ankle or foot or whatever. Uh, but at some point, you know, it's like nobody else has this issue. You know, like, I've never, I've never seen this, like to the extent. So it feels like it's got to be flukish. I mean, it's just injuries happen in the NFL, but to the this extent at the quarterback position, it's it's kind of wild, and I don't know what else to attribute it to, if it just continues to happen. Maybe just bad luck. Uh, I don't know. Kyle broke a mirror, you know, some years ago, and and. You know, he got the seven years of bad luck or something, but um, he broke a mirror while standing walking under a ladder with a black cat crossing in front of him, bro. Right, this is crazy. Right. I've never seen nothing like that before. <laughs> I, I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts, man. You want give people let people know again where to follow you at the end of the show, also like you did with the start of it and all, and any anything else you want to leave people with. Yeah, man. And you know, y'all can follow me, uh, especially if you want to see me troll warrior fans at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, you, you're from okay, Mike. You're from the East Coast. Why are you a 49er fan? Uh, so I became a fan like uh, rebellious. My mom is a Cowboys fan, and my dad is a Giants fan. And I, I was young, I don't remember which team it was one of those two teams, one of those NFC East teams. It was a playoff game, and the whole family was watching. And I was like, nobody's cheering for the red team. Like, y'all being mean. Somebody should be happy about the red team. And my mom made a comment like, oh, well, then you like them so much, you cheer for them. And then it, it, my stepbrother was also a Niners fan, so it all kind of just came together that way. You know, you kind of look up to certain people and also that, that's how I became. Right. So that's how I became a Laker fan. And I get killed by Warrior fans because, like, oh, you're from Northern California, you know, Bay Area. You should be like, first of all, I'm not from the Bay. I'm from Stockton, California. Stockton, so, all right? should, like, uh, so, you know, there's a difference there. I'm from the Valley. All right. But uh, it's like, dude, like, people become fans of teams in many different ways. You know, yeah. uh, you don't have to be from Northern California or from the Bay Area to, oh, I got to be a fan of this team. Like, no, nah, I mean, like, yeah. my uncle was a Laker fan. I asked him who his favorite team was. He was like, oh, the Lakers. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm a Laker fan too. That was how I became a fan. 
Yep. Yeah. Didn't do anything else. All right. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, shout out to the Lakers handling business. And I know Warrior fans, they're kind of shocked uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Lakers had the best record in the West since the trade deadline. Number one defense. Trade deadline, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Bench, I, bench I don't is working for y'all. Like, the Lakers clicking right now, man. They are. But anyways, uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, I got my YouTube channel, so make sure y'all tune into that. Just type in Eric Crocker, you know, shit should pop up uh, and we go live, uh, you know, right now off season, at least two times uh, a week. We've gone twice already this week, might go live tomorrow, but I, I'm traveling to Atlanta. So uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, you guys can follow me there and locked on 49ers, uh, locked on 49ers so on any streaming platform. We come at you five days a week. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, we have a, a really nice audience, man. And we're, we're so thankful for uh, the, the, especially the, the, the listenership on, all you know the Spotify, the Apple, things like that, man. Mm-hmm. Like you guys have been awesome. So, uh, yeah, th- those are the ways to, to to support. There you go. My final thought is this, man. Trey Lance, happy birthday from me to you. I am naming you the starter for the San Francisco 49ers Week <laughs> One and going forward. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay faithful, man. We're gonna get up out of here, man. You ready, crop? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Prepare for glory. Remain faithful. (laughs) Anticipate pain. Anticipate pain. But always remain remain faithful. faithful. There it is, man. Croc, you got it, man. Try to act like you don't know, man. You got it. We (laughs) out of here, y'all. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. I'm nothing but nine